One of the sports world's most beloved personal stories of the last 20 years has suddenly taken a strange turn. It's Thursday, August 17th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. Michael Ower's story became known to much of the country through the award-winning 2009 movie The Blind Side, based on a Michael Lewis book of the same name. The story focuses on Ower, a boy who came from very challenging circumstances, was taken in by the Tui family, and went on to be drafted 23rd overall in the 2009 NFL Draft and have an eight-year career in the NFL. Now Orr is taking legal action to end his conservatorship by that family, which began when he was 18, get an injunction against the parents, Leanne Tui and Sean Tui, from using his name and likeness, and receive money he says he is entitled to from the movie. This is a strange, multifaceted story, and today we have two interviews to help us understand all of this. To start, we have Santul Nerker, the New York Times reporter who has been peeling back the layers on all the different parts of this story, and answering, among other things, after all these years, why is this happening now? Welcome, Santul. Hey, thanks for having me. So to you, what at this at the core of it, what is this fight all about with Michael Ower? It's a good question. I mean, I think what thing you have to go back to is sort of what Michael Ower has said throughout the years about how he felt he was portrayed in the blind side. Uh, you know, going back to 2010, 2011, when he first he released his first memoir, uh, he has said fairly consistently that he didn't like how the movie portrayed him as looking unintelligent about the game of football um, and that this game was essentially taught to him by uh, the Tui family who uh, he stayed with uh, and then, you know, uh, and then sort of he's remained close with or had remained close with over the years. Um, so that's like one piece you have to sort of, I think, keep keep in mind. Um, I'm not saying that's why he necessarily is filing the suit right at this moment, um, but it, I think it does kind of undergird some of the, the bigger concerns uh, a lot of uh, folks have had about this uh, about this story for a while. Um, but I, I do think that when you get down to the lawsuit, I think there there is a sense of betrayal that he is uh, that he is all, he's portrayed. Um, you know, he says that in February, 20, February 2023 was the first time he found out that he was not legally uh, adopted or, or part of their family. Um and then I think that led to, if you you know, if you take his claims at face value, if you, if you believe his uh, story, uh, is that that kind of led him down, you know, uh, a path of understanding. Okay, like I I signed away the life rights to um, to this to this movie. Uh, you know, I didn't make a penny from it. Is what he's again is what he's saying. Uh, I think when you take all of that into context, right, his uh, him being upset about how he was portrayed. Um, you know, uh, not, not earning money from this movie. That was like how people found out about him on like a national scale and international scale. You could say, uh, I think those are all really, really key elements of why, of why we're hearing about this now, which many people have brought up, like, you know, why now, you know, uh, is it because he's releasing another memoir? Uh, that could be part of it, you know? Uh, but I do think that the sense of betrayal is perhaps the thing that it's at the core of this. Yeah, why now was my very next question. So yeah, there's that February date where he says he found out this was a conservatorship. And so is he in fact re- releasing a new memoir? Yeah, he is. He's just released it. Uh, it's co-written with Don Yeager, I believe. Uh, yeah. And so that that is something that he's doing right now. 
Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is one of those stories where I feel like I, I'm trying to like tease apart everyone's motivations and it's all a little bit unclear to me. I mean, um, there's the money element of it, which, you know, is, is part of it. You know, he's, he said he's, he's owed some money, both sides of this. And obviously I don't know how these people live and how much money they've spent, but he made a good amount of money in the NFL. The Tui family made even more money uh, in, in the fast food realm. So um, yeah, talk to me a bit about that. Uh, what's at stake in terms of finances here? Yeah, and I think it's important to note to the point about the Tuies is that they have said um, part of their defense that they've made as to why they weren't uh, bilking Michael Orr essentially is that like what, what what could they stand to gain? Like they've they've already made like a fantastic amount of money. You know what is in it for them to make? You know, as they said, a few thousand more dollars. Uh, I guess the counter to that would be that you know they gained a lot of social cachet and credibility because of this. That let's say uh, that another, let's say wealthy family uh, in, in Memphis, Tennessee, you know, would let's say the same level of income would perhaps be envious of the fame and the adulation that they've received because of this. Um, so I, I think that's some, I think reputation is clearly the thing that's at stake. And if you read the statement that the two is released to their lawyers, that is the thing that they seem to be uh, most, uh, most focused on. Um, but, you know, speaking with some legal experts, you know, it's unclear to me how much Michael Orr would actually make um, if he actually did win this, this suit. I think the bigger deal that's at stake, um, as, I, as I sort of mentioned, is just this notion of uh, relitigating this movie uh, and the book and kind of like what it meant for American society, American culture. Um, because in many ways, the success of the movie has a lot to do uh, with Americans' feelings on on sports, on football, on race, on racial dynamics within sports. And I think that's a really, really key thing to keep in mind. You know, the money at the end of the day might not end up being the biggest thing that comes out of this. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the racial element of it because that is in the background here where you've got this, this white family who takes in this, you know, Im- impoverished black kid uh, and gets them, you know, let, lets them bring out his ability as and gets him to this point, I'm wondering if, you know, as part of that betrayal feeling, if there's some of that, you know, uh, a turning of how he feels about all of that. Has any of that come out in your conversations with Ower? I have not been able to to speak with Ower on the record. I think uh, his his team has been very, uh, very tight-lipped. They are interested in seeing this through, through the legal process. Um, but I, I I do think that that is kind of at the core of what he is what he is seeking here. You know, he has his own family now. He has like a stable life. He has his you know his own foundation, I believe. And I think perhaps that perspective has allowed to think him to think, you know, perhaps with more clarity on what the last twenty years of his life were really. You know, uh, and how you know like it, it, I think it's always different, right? When your life is broadcast to the world. And you see uh, the the image of you that people have come to understand about you, uh, it just does not align with who you believe yourself to be. And that is clearly at the core of, I think, Michael Orr's uh, discontent. One detail that caught my eye, I don't know how significant this is, but Sean Jr., these son, one of the, the sons of, of Leanne and Sean Tui, uh, went on a, a Barstool podcast, I believe, and was talking about how much money they've received from the movie. And it 
cuts against his own family's claims, I think, maybe also cuts against how much Michael Orr could be um, could gain from it. But he said something like they got 14,000 initially, and no, I think he got, and then, you know, something like eight and seven, he gained about $70,000, $60,000 over around five years. Um, that's not nothing. It's also not, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, does that, does that feel significant to you, that piece of it? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the disagreement is, was notable for sure. I mean, cause to your point, like, you know, when Sean Tui, uh, the dad, uh, spoke with the Daily Memphian, and he said, oh, we only reached, you know, received about $14,000 each. That was from, you know, it was from Michael Lewis's share. He gave us half of his share and then we split it among the five of us, you know? Uh, of course, I think what I, th- what I think Sean Tui Jr. was referring to is sort of the residual payments or the, I guess the, it was like 2.5% of like future net uh, proceeds or something like that, uh, where, where it would be allocated to um, to members of the family. Um, that like that is not what <laughs> Michael Orr uh, was claiming in the suit. He was claiming it was, you know, uh, the family made like, you know, uh, $250,000 plus this extra amount of money for the biological children. And I made nothing, you know. So there's clearly like there's there's like a hard numbers disagreement there that I think, you know, hopefully through, through the process of discovery and through the courts will come out. Um, because there's, it's, to me, it seems difficult to square all of these different numbers coming out from at, at this point, like three or four people. And what's the next thing you're watching for as we try to understand everything that's going on here? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I guess I'm just interested in seeing like the thing that I am most puzzled by still, right, is that Michael Orr, he's, he enters into this conservatorship when he's 18. Um, it's highly, highly unusual for, uh, for someone who has no documented uh, physical or psychological disabilities, which was said in the court order at the time, to be entered into a conservatorship. Um, you know, there are other legal experts I've spoken to have said there are other elements or o- other less extreme measures that you can uh, you can put on someone if you want to, you know, uh, keep keep uh, keep, uh, keep tabs on them as they go off to college and things like that. And they just chose the most extreme measure of that. And on top of that, so far, uh, it's unclear whether uh, Michael Orr was entering into these contracts when he was playing the NFL by himself. Uh, that's also something that I'll be looking for. Uh, through the process of discovery and as as we just learned more um, because those files uh, have not surfaced yet. All right. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Santil Nearcare, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Up next, we're going to bring in our own legal expert named Nick Soltman to better understand the implications here and what Ora stands to gain from his actions. That conversation is coming up next. I'm joined now by Nick Sultman, partner at Kinsella, Holly, Iser, Kump, and Steinsapier, or Kix. Uh, welcome, Nick. Thank you. So Michael Ower has sued to uh, end his conservatorship uh, with the Tui family. Could you just explain to us what this means in legal and practical terms? What it means in legal terms is that right now, technically, and I don't know that this is the reality of the situation, but technically, uh, Mr. Orr isn't permitted to enter into his own contracts, um, and he, he is dependent on the conservator to do that. Um, that may be one of those arrangements that's been honored in the breach for 
over a decade at this point, but it is technically still in place. Uh, and unless and until the uh, the conservatorship is terminated, it will remain the, the state of affairs, at least legally speaking. So if he were to you know sign with an NFL team, which I, I'm obviously not going to happen probably at this point, or, you know, do another do a movie or whatever, legally, he would have to go through the conservatorship while this is still in place. It technically, yes. Um, in reality, it, it appears that all of his NFL contracts were negotiated by his agent at CAA. Um, and so, you know, barring some kind of background involvement by the conservator, it, it doesn't appear that anyone has been acting as if he's under a conservatorship for a, a, over a decade, at least. So and then there's the the money aspect of this. So he's saying that he never got any money from the Blindside movie, which grossed, according to the New York Times, around $300 million globally, um, and that he's entitled to some of that. The family has its own story. So um, what do we know about who is entitled to that money and and how that haggling is going to shake out? Well, we don't know a whole lot based on solely the petition. We know what the family says, um, and there's a little bit of inconsistency, perhaps, um, about you know the source of the family's receipts uh, on the movie. Um, I understand that uh, the son has claimed that Michael Lewis gave half of his interest um, in the film. Um, to the family, which was they claim was then subdivided among all the family members in equal tranches. Um, there is also the possibility of a direct grant from 20th Century Studios. Um, and again, that could have been for a life rights arrangement, um, which is un not unheard of um, for the subjects of a film, especially if the studio wants to ensure their involvement in publicity um, and in support of the film. Uh, generally, it's not a good thing to have uh, a movie out where the subjects of the movie are speaking out against it. And one way to make them happy is to sign a life rights agreement. Uh, but you don't have to. Um, and that's sort of a different source of funds, perhaps, than getting half of the author of the book, the underlying work, um, half of his receipts on the movie. And, you know, obviously the fact that this story has gotten as much attention as it has has to do with there being, uh, you know, big award-winning movie connected to it. Does the fact that his story is has been publicized and dramatized in this way, and, you know, obviously the there's the money element of it, but does, does the existence of the movie and the book matter in some way here? Yes, uh, if only because that seems to be the primary, uh, you know, allegation as to ill-begotten funds. Um, there isn't a claim that his NFL earnings were somehow shunted into the conservatorship um, or that any of uh, his adult earnings after college, um, putting aside the film and the book, uh, were, were shunted that way. And so um, I think that his claim is primarily, if not exclusively, related to the money that was earned or could have been earned from the movie. I don't believe there would have been an arrangement on the book. Um, so it's real, you're really talking about the movie. 
And so Michael Ower made around $34.5 million as an NFL player. I assume that's legally separate. Is there any way that could matter in terms of, you know, sympathies of a judge or a jury or, or anything else? Or is that just a totally separate thing? Yeah, that that, that would be you know, totally separate. It, it probably wouldn't. This is probably not the kind of proceeding that would be tried to a jury. Uh, but even if it were, um, that's the kind of background fact that would not be it would generally not be admissible in front of a jury because it could bias a jury and, and they could you know, they could argue, oh, well, he's a rich man. He doesn't need additional money. And, and that's just not something that juries are supposed to consider in the ordinary course. Um, and yeah, getting back to the money and sort of how this is all going to play out, uh, what do you see as the next steps here? Um, well, I believe I, I tend to take the family at its word when it says that is it has no intention of fighting to maintain the conservatorship. Uh, it's not clear to me that the conservatorship has entered into any agreements for over a decade. Um, so it doesn't really make sense as a practical matter um, for the conservatorship to be a hotly contested item. Um, on the other hand, simply terminating the conservatorship on a going forward basis doesn't really resolve the question about, is he owed money from past dealings? Um, and that you know, that could itself be and probably will be the subject of litigation. Um, and you know, the amounts, well, put it this way, the, the family tells a very different story in terms of the amounts that were generated by the movie than the petition. How about that? Yeah, right. I mean, and so he's he's saying that there's millions of dollars at stake, right? Uh, and there, I think in the the Times article, they said, you know, we each got $14,000 or something. So it, is there any sense of where that enormous gap comes from? Um, you know, I, I would be speculating a little bit, but my guess is that the gap comes from the uh, box office receipts which look really big and the budget looks, which looks really small, which leads to the conclusion, oh, there must be you know, tens of millions of dollars here. But it turns out that uh, you know, the box office receipts are split 50-50 or so with the theaters. And then on top of that, you've got um, a number of other uh, profit participants who come you know, before the family in the line. And the family didn't have that many points to begin with. And when you start you know, whittling it down, you know, step by step by step, what you end up with is not a, a movie that's likely to be millions of dollars in profits for someone holding his points or the family's points, but which might not be in profits at all, um, or which if which if it is in profits is so barely in profits that you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, not millions. And if let's say it's been shown, and obviously we're speculating that Michael Ower didn't get much or any money uh, from the movie, does he have a legal case that he's entitled to something from this? I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to like sort this all out where it seems like he should get something, but also my kids aren't exactly entitled to the money I make. So yeah, how does that all work? Uh, I, I mean, could you allege a theory? Sure. Um, I mean, the, there were life rights here and the family members presumably got some kind of compensation. He was a family member. He, he was the main subject of the movie. You could imagine a world where um, 
that would have resulted in some kind of payment and some kind of points uh, for Mr. Ower. Um, but that that doesn't tell you what the amount could have been or should have been. Uh, and it certainly doesn't tell you what the family has actually earned. Um, and if those numbers, or especially the latter number, is disappointingly low, then it makes you question the entire uh, enterprise. I mean, is this game going to be worth the candle if it turns out that the family is right and they have only been paid you know, collectively $14,000 a person or whatever the claim number is? Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Nick Saltman, appreciate the insights. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, Owen. That is it for today. Let us know which figures in the sports world you would like to hear from on this show by sending us an email at today at frontofficesports.com or say hi to me on Twitter. I'm at Owen Poindexter. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.